Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The sport of episode 280-something or other. John's here. Hello, John. Brandon, it's good to see you. I mean, hear you. I mean, talk to you. It's all of those to you as well, my dear friend. And Stuart is also here. Hello, Newman. Hey, sports buddies. So I think that this episode can be uh, considered the prayers answered edition of the sport. <laughs> the everything is good edition. Because a lot of prayers have been answered. Good is maybe a huge understatement at this point, John. Let's start with our first topic. It is, I don't know, November 12th, 2019, a couple days ago, your beloved Minnesota Gopher football team won. Well, I want you to put it in perspective. I want to know exactly how big of a win this was, because to me, that was pretty much everything. Well, I'm going to give you a fact. I know that the sportive is not big on facts in terms of defining anything, but I'm going to start with a fact. fact. Uh, this is a real, this is an actual true fact, and I think it's going to put a little bit of perspective on this. So, the, the Gophers. Thing anyone's ever said about Wade. <laughs> the, the Gophers have played, uh, they, they've played a lot of, uh, a lot of good teams over, o- over the past decades, over the span of my lifetime. Um, the, they, they've beaten, Top teams that they, they beat number one Michigan in 1976. They beat number one teams since then as, as well, I think. Um, but the last time the Gophers and their opponents were both in the top 15 of the Associated Press College football poll and the Gophers won the game was the 1962 Rose Bowl. And that happened this week. That happened in my lifetime it happened again and i can't i can't quite put into perspective or put into words what's that what that's like um to have gone so long as a gopher football fan with that never happening it's it's not like even a team like the Chicago Cubs or notable losers or the Boston Red Sox or something like that, in the span of all of their many failures, and for both of those teams, they had decades and decades, in the Cubs' case, centuries and centuries of failures, but they had chances in that span. And the thing about Gopher football is that it's not like they had 
a million games between 1962 and now where the Gophers were in the top 15 and their opponents were in the top 15 and they just happened to lose it. I think they'd lost 13 in a row or something like that. But still, we're talking about a span of 57 years. 57 years and it finally happened again. And I just, I can't stress enough how wild that is. They just, they haven't been good for that long. The last time the Gophers had two or fewer conference losses in a college football season was 1975. That was before I was born. That was almost before Stu was born, which is old is because true. Stu is an old, old man. And I, it's, it seems, it seems unreal to me. It seems impossible. And it was you were there, John. You were there. You saw it in person. Oh yeah, I was there. Incredible. I um, not to mention. I have more thoughts about this game, but I I want to I want to dial it back and get you guys back in here. Beyond the stakes, it was also just an incredibly fun game. Just right. so tense. If that was a non-conference game, we would have all been at the edge of our seats. So considering the stakes. Uh, really, just an unbelievable experience. It's the it's the most exciting thing I've ever seen as even just a, like a half in Gopher football fan. By like, I can't even tell you. I mean, like everything else before this has really not meant anything. You know, my dad is not a a huge Gopher football fan. I saw him uh, afterwards, and uh, again, I don't even know if he really cares about Gopher football. And uh, I was like, Hey, did you see that game? And he's like. Uh, yeah, I um, I almost cried, <laughs> which is probably not even a bold or crazy thing to have happen for anyone who's in their 60s or 70s of like, this is just, as you said, it's not just a slightly star-crossed, like the Boston Red Sox of like, man, they were in the World Series a bunch of times, they were so close, uh, they just couldn't quite get over the hump. Uh, this was, they were barely even allowed in the league to play for the title. For many years, um, so it's just so much more unlikely than anything else. And uh, right, I'll be, I, uh, how long are we going to be riding this high? I feel like a very long time. I, I really don't care about anything else for right for sure. The balance of this year is just that was so fun and dramatic. It never happens. <laughs> I, I got to tell you this. So if you had asked me what the best moment of my sports fan life. Up until this point was, you know, there's a 91 World Series and the 87 World Series and go for hockey winning some national championships. But up there at the top would be about four or five years ago, the Gophers were playing Michigan at TCF Bank Stadium and they scored a touchdown. Uh, they, they threw deep down the sideline and Drew Wolitarski caught it and went into the end zone. It was like the last play of the game against Michigan. There were 14 seconds left or something and they were ahead. And that moment where... They had called a touchdown, and the whole stadium just losing their mind was, like, the best sports moment ever. And then they reviewed it, and he was down at the one, and Tracy Clays is a moron, and they tried to run the ball into the line twice, and they lost. A game where the Gophers lost was, like, the best moment of my life, because just for a second, I thought they had won. (laughs) That's what being a Gopher football game is like. Gopher football fan is like. You have to celebrate the... They, we thought they won for a second, but they actually lost games. So, to go the other way, there's one thing that I've really been thinking a lot about since 
Saturday. The one, the, the experience of being a Gopher football fan, and this has been true for my entire life, whether you're going to the games or whether you're watching on TV, you, I, I always had the extremely strong sense that the Gophers were sort of an imposter football team at all of those times. Sometimes they played well, sometimes they were even winning, but you, there was a strong sense that they were doing it with trickery, that they had run a bunch of trick plays, or they had faked their way. Like, they beat Penn State in 1999, when Penn State was second in the country, and the Gophers were unranked, and they went to Happy Valley, and they kicked a field goal right at the end. But they had thrown a Hail Mary before that, that had deflected off, like, three people, and been caught by a running back who was falling down. Just... A nonsense win like that. Penn State went on to lose like their next 11 games or something like that just because they weren't very good, Mm -hmm. but they had been second in the country at the time. It's just stuff like that where they had tricked their way into a win, but they hadn't actually won the game. So the game against Penn State on Saturday, I think the main thing that I keep thinking about is that Penn State, I think, was not by far the better team, but they were better than the Gophers. They moved the ball pretty well. They outgained the Gophers. I think they rolled up 550 yards or something like that. But there were two things that made the difference in that game. Number one, Penn State's quarterback, uh, Sean Clifford, was terrible. I, a lot has been made of the Gophers playing. They, they had played five straight games in which the, the opposition's starting quarterback was hurt. But they also got the benefit in this one of the opposition's starting quarterback being not that good. Because yeah, he was missed. missing open receiver. Missing open receivers all day. He threw three picks that shouldn't have been picks. Two of them probably should have been called pass interference on the Gophers. They, the Gophers benefited from a, I, I didn't actually see the replay, but from what I heard, it was fairly BS. Pass, offensive pass interference call at the end of the game. Just stuff like that. Penn State was probably the better team, but they were let down by their quarterback and they were let down by their coach. Because at the end of the third quarter, Penn State scored a touchdown. It was 24 to 19 at that point and they went for two. Because James Franklin is a moron. And he decided that he needed to get within three points, even though there were 16 minutes left in the game. Penn State failed, which meant they had three drives that got inside the five in the fourth quarter. They scored a touchdown on one of them. They ended up getting stuffed on the other two because instead of going for, instead of going for one and then being within a field goal and kicking a field goal on either of those drives, they had to try to go for the touchdown and they failed because James Franklin's a moron. And I can't stress enough that having watched the Gophers be the imposter football team all that time, no matter what happened, you felt like the other team was more poised, better coached, had a better quarterback, had more talent. And to be on the other end of that, where the Gophers are the well-coached, well-disciplined, tough team that overcomes the bad things that happen, is absurd. It just is an absurd feeling. To have a competent, to be the competent team in a big game is unheard of. I can't, it it has not happened in my lifetime. I have nothing to compare it to because I've been watching Gopher football for more than three decades and I, there's literally nothing to compare it to. So what was the game experience like? Well, that was the other thing. The, the general feeling I got from being in the stadium is that there, there's a million gopher football diehards that just have been beaten down, but all of the gopher football diehards felt like they were in the stadium on Saturday. Like, it was all the people that have suffered and suffered and suffered and then 
were there and ready when they actually came back. And so, it, I mean, the atmosphere was amazing. Of course it was. It was loud and people were crazy and just... There have been there've been games at TCF Bank Stadium before where the the fans flooded the field after the game. They beat Iowa a couple of years ago. There was a year when they were like four and eight, but they beat Iowa at the end of the year. And just that was the year they fired Tim Brewster. So just the catharsis of being rid of Tim Brewster yeah. and beating Iowa in the same year was just an explosion of joy that such that everyone had to rush the field because it just felt so good. But just being there and being with Dave, who's suffered exactly as much as me. That's you know, for people who are listening to this 15, for the first no, time. No, we, we've determined. No, we've determined he suffers fifteen percent more. Yeah, that's right. He's he's managed to somehow suffer more than I have through all these years of golf football. It was just it was an amazing experience, a genuinely amazing experience. My dad was there too, but he wasn't with us. He was actually sitting with a bunch of Penn State fans for reasons that I can't quite explain. Like he was sitting in the Penn State section. So I, the fact that he wasn't dragged out by security after attempting to fight everybody in the section, I think is a victory for the Marthaler family. Stu, did you watch it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually um, had talked with my dad um, prior to the game, and that was as excited as he's ever been, I think, for a Gopher game. And that's, and like John was saying, like the 60, 70 year old crowd. Um, Howie is um, 70, oh gosh, born in 46. That puts him at 73. Um, so he grew up, um, you know, he went to a couple games at Memorial Stadium uh, when he was young, and his, like, he can, he can still remember, like, you know, Bobby Bell and Carl Eller screaming at the top of their lungs and, like, being able to hear that over the entire Memorial Stadium crowd, which is a, you know, I, that's that's a long time ago. So I think he's he's definitely been waiting for this because he was pretty, he called me right away when the interception happened and he was, he was pretty happy and I was obviously very happy for him and, of course, for my friend John and I was 15% more happy for Dave and it was just... Yeah, it was great. I and I would actually disagree with John. I think the Gophers were the better team, and if Penn State had won, it would have been an upset. It just it felt like the Gophers had an answer for everything they were doing. Um, that fumble sort of let them back in the game a little bit. If they don't make if the Gophers don't fumble on that possession, I don't think it gets as close as it did at the end. Um, the Gophers, I I never thought they were. I mean, I thought they were going to lose. I guess at the end when they got down to the two yard line. And they had the benefit of the dicey interference call, but the Vikings got a, a touchdown and a win at Green Bay stolen from them for that very call. So I'm not going to feel too bad about it, honestly. So, um, so I guess my final point is um, it's pretty cool, guys. The coolest. It's the coolest. I mean, another way of putting it into context, the amazing thing about somebody like Howie, who's in his 70s, the last time this kind of thing happened, he was a teenager. The reason, yeah. the reason the Gophers were so good at the time was that Southern schools didn't want to recruit black athletes. And so they were willing to come to the University of Minnesota, who was willing to recruit them. That's how long ago it was. We're talking about Jim Crow laws affecting the Gopher football team's success. That's And I mean, fortunately, in 2019, we don't have to worry about racism anymore. Oh so God. it's good. Thank God. Sorry. Here we solved it. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. John, is the rest of the season gravy to you, or are you now like, let's go get it? Well, I'm 
I'm sticking by what I what I said originally. Uh, well, I I don't know if I said this originally. <laughs> I think on our on our preview podcast, I predicted twelve and zero, and I have no idea. I had no idea how close to right I might be. But about three four weeks ago, the last time we did a podcast, I said if they beat all of the the second division teams in the Big Ten, which at this point includes only Northwestern on their remaining schedule, plus one of Iowa, Penn State, and Wisconsin, that would be a damn good year. And that's what I'm sticking by. So if they if they if they do that, if they beat Northwestern, this has been a damn good year. Ten and two is a damn good year. Um, the toughest remaining game in the regular season is this Saturday. I think that's correct, right, John? Uh, I think Wisconsin is uh, better than Iowa, and I think uh, the the final weekend of the season, home against Wisconsin, I think that'll be a should be a barn burner, but. I, I don't think Iowa's very good. They should they should at least be competitive with Iowa in Iowa, which is something that hasn't happened in 20 years. They haven't won at Kinnick Stadium since 1999. So, um... Who was, was, was Hayden Fry still the coach? I, yes, I think so. Or I think he was. George Wright. He has him or Dr. Tom Davis, one of the two. <laughs> um... But the most amazing thing about this week is I've been having text conversations with multiple groups of friends that have, like, speculation and scenarios about, well, do you think the Govers would go to the Rose Bowl if this happened or if this happened? Or you know, they probably would need to somehow beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game if they were going to go to the college football playoff. And when they introduced the playoff, and even as recently as last year, my attitude towards the college football playoff was, this is great. You can do whatever you want. This will literally never happen for the Minnesota Gophers. If they're going to win a Big Ten championship, it's going to be in a year where Ohio State and Michigan have some sort of sanctions and Nebraska has been taken over by Rebels and all of these things have to happen so that the Gophers can somehow with a 6-3 and three record in the conference, make it to the Big Ten championship game, which is then forfeited because of some natural disaster of some kind. You're talking multiple but, plane crashes. Right, exactly. It's just tough. And it doesn't happen much. The, anymore, fact, the fact that we're having legitimate discussions about if X happens, if X plausible scenario happens, do you think the Gophers will go to the Rose Bowl do you think that the Gophers would be considered for the college football playoff? It just, it's absolute nonsense to me. And yet. It's possible. It's, it could happen. Could happen. Yeah. They do not, as you mentioned earlier, seem like they are doing this through like weird gimmicks or trickery. Like Tanner Morgan is no. legitimately very good. How many years, That's right. They how many years has are, it been since he's good, really good? Then we've had a good quarterback, like never to the, his level, right? Pretty. I mean, it's it sure seems like when he throws the ball, it's probably going to be a completion, partially because our receivers are amazing. Oh, unbelievable! I mean, and for sure, it sure seems like you should apologize to Corey Sauter there, Brandon. But there were so okay. many years. There was about eleven. There was, there was about 11 straight years for the Gopher football team where the best receiver they had was Ernie Wheelwright, who legitimately couldn't catch. And, but he was the best one they had because he was about the only one they had. And now 
They have three amazing receivers. They have three amazing running backs. They Their offensive line, earlier this season, the biggest knock against the Gophers was that their offensive line just was not much. They weren't protecting the quarterback all that well. They weren't running the ball all that well. And then over about a seven-week period, I, d- I don't know who the Gophers line coach is, and I meant to look it up because I wanted to call him out by name and say that he's an amazing football coach because the line has gone from mediocre to dominating over the past few weeks. The the scouting report on Penn State coming into the game was Penn State has an amazing defensive line, and the Gophers are going to struggle with that. They're going to struggle to protect the passer, and they're going to struggle to run the ball effectively because Penn State is going to just be able to rush four guys and sit back with seven guys in coverage, and they don't need to commit linebackers to the run game because their defensive line is going to stop everything and the Gophers will do nothing. And what actually happened was the Gophers gained 450 yards, 330 of them through the air, because I think Morgan got sacked maybe twice. They, it, It's not like they out-schemed him with a bunch of trickery. They just, because the offensive line played so well, they just lined up and ran it down their throats. It wasn't like they ran for 93 yards on 46 carries or something like that. They ran the ball effectively, and they threw the ball effectively. The offensive line did an amazing job. Penn State's defensive line was not the factor in the game, and I just, <laughs> it's weird. It's its weird to be talking about the strengths of the Gopher football team overcoming what was, by all accounts, one of the top five defensive lines in college football. Who's going to be the highest drafted guy in the team? Is it Tyler Johnson, right? He's like yes. the most potential of... Mm-hmm. Yes. Tyler Johnson's amazing, and he's from here. So as far as I'm concerned, he should be the first pick. Yes, agreed. And then the other guy, uh, Rashad Bateman, is a sophomore, so he won't be drafted until next year. Yeah? I think that's right. They they have a lot of sophomores on this team. Their best players are, you know, they've got Antoine Winfield Jr. on defense, who's amazing. It's like (laughs) the amazing thing about Winfield is somehow he seems like he's 25% 25% faster than everybody else on the field. Like, the the opposition's wide receiver will be running down the field, and our defensive back will be running next to him, and somehow running exactly twice as fast as either of those guys is Winfield just running over from free safety and picking the ball off. It's absurd. He's amazing. I mean, yep. Johnson's amazing. But they do have a lot of sophomores on this team. God, it's so fun god we've never experienced it just a just week in and week out at least a competitive football team is all we have ever asked for just yeah I, I mean that's we've been we begging. probably you can see from all of the long-suffering fan bases that have suddenly gotten good that you get entitled fast but i feel like it'll be a few years of success before i start saying oh six and three what a terrible year i can't believe the gophers lost three games Considering three weeks ago, I was saying, man, I can't believe they survived that non-conference schedule with Fresno State, who's four and five now, and Georgia Southern, I think, is four and five, and South Dakota State is good, but not that good. And they barely beat all three of those teams, and now they beat Penn State. Previously undefeated Penn State. I can't get enough of it. Okay, and then uh, we've got Iowa this weekend, yeah? Yeah, and I hope the state of yeah. Iowa burns to the ground. Yeah. Yep. It's in Iowa. I mean, that's always that's always true, but especially yeah. this week. 
Right. What are the uh, what the uh, are they un- are they like slight underdogs or the Gophers? I Hawkeyes honestly don't know what the and line half is. points favorite. The Hawkeyes are two and a half point favorites. Oh. Which for a home game is not that big of a favorite. It's really not that bad, right? Yeah. Very winnable. It's in our sights. And I've said this a million times. I think I've said this on every podcast we've recorded this fall. But the the true magic of the P.J. Fleck era is the idea that the Gophers will probably win the close games. That that does not that that does not happen for Gopher football. I, I was going to say bringing back the quarter zip pullover, but I think yours is probably more germane to the discussion. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll defer to you, John. The it's I do like a quarter zip pullover. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, very they're very stylish. Brandon, can you can you confirm or deny? Um, I can deny that. What if it's made out of some esoteric? Sheep hair of some kind. A sheep hair quarter zip? I I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to think of what incredibly odd thing would make you like it from a language brand and it's not working. <laughs> I I don't what if, know. Hold on. What if it was made out of oh, let's see. Like a cashmere that's also has Wiccan properties. Right. I love that. Yep. I'm in. Yeah, it's it's fitted, fitted. It's a what if um, it, it's an extra it's from slim. Ever, it, it's from, yeah, it's from Everlane. Um, what if what if it repelled medium. oil but not water? It absorbed water but repelled oil. Wow, and then it, like the water regenerated somehow to hydrate you. Yes, like your, your that's body right. Just okay. Yeah, I'm back. Something. What's the most useless thing you could think of as a fabric, and then make that into a quarter zip? There we go. That's it. Some sort of weird suede co- lined, yeah. lined with sheep's hair. Yeah. <laughs> and it costs more than Chicken Fingers has spent on shoes in his entire life. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. corduroy, but it's also merino wool. Merino corduroy. Yep. Merino corduroy. Yeah. You guys... Made uh, out of the hair of Dan Merino. Yeah, yeah. Merino with an A. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Wow. That was great. <laughs> I don't know. Is it coming through, podcast listeners, how annoyed Brandon is with this whole discussion right now? <laughs> no, I love it. I really appreciate you trying to get on my level. You said a lot of I just, words. I want to be part of it. I want to be part of your world, Brandon, but I can't do it. Almost I don't know how. were actual words. Like, only a few of them weren't. So, it's impressive. It's really impressive. I assume you're wearing you're wearing a cashmere poncho and a gold chain right now. So we are skyping, so you do know that I am. So right, right. Okay, so we have confirmed our prayers have been answered with the Gophers, and it has not ever been better in our lifetimes. It At yeah, all. and not even close. No, it, it, it hasn't. It really hasn't. Okay. I'm this, not hyperbole, not exaggeration. This is the best it has ever been in our lifetimes. And it might be the best it'll ever get. And as of now, that's fine. It's been pretty yeah. good. The one, yeah. the one thing that I keep hearing from people is the more successful the Gophers get, and this is true every time a Minnesota team does well, but there have been a lot of people who have started to say, oh, 
but PJ Fleck is probably going to leave, right? Like he's going to go to a, a better team. He signed a contract extension last week. I can't stress enough how little a co- college football coach's contract extension actually means. I people were excited oh, about him signing is... a contract extension, but this is literally the third consecutive season in which he signed a contract extension. It means nothing. His buyout. The only thing that matters is the buyout. I think his buyout is ten million dollars this year or whatever. But if there's some deep pocketed Florida State <laughs> booster that wants him to coach their football team, yeah, they're gonna pay. They're gonna pay That's... that ten million dollars. It's fine. And if PJ he, he makes he made like some money make, doing like racist gas stations in Mississippi. That's a rounding error. For right. One of those guys. If P.J. Fleck wants to go, if and when he wants to leave the University of Minnesota, he's going to leave. It doesn't, there's nothing the Gophers can do about that. If, I I mean, just as an example, Alabama will never fire Nick Saban, but just as an example, if the Alabama job came open and they wanted to hire P.J. Fleck, that's a job in which he could win multiple national championships, and he should probably take that job. And at some point, if a school like that comes in and P.J. Fleck wants to go there, there's literally nothing the University of Minnesota can do to keep him because that's just the way these things work. So I I just cannot understand the state of mind that you have to be in to sit here worrying about whether P.J. Fleck is going to leave. Maybe he will. It could happen this offseason. It doesn't matter. Enjoy what's happening right now. This has never happened in my lifetime. It may never happen again. So I'm going to enjoy every single second of this. Every second of this entire week leading up to this Iowa game, I'm going to enjoy the fact that the Gophers are one of five undefeated teams left in Division One college football. How do you think the season finishes, John? Um, I At this point, I honestly think that they lose to either Wisconsin or Iowa, but not both. And beat Northwestern. I think they end eleven and one, and end up getting absolutely hammered by Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. If they keep yep, Ohio State under seventy, yep. I'm actually fairly happy with that. Yep. I, but, I think it's. I think they lose this weekend. They win the last two. They go to the championship game, get pancaked, and go to the Rose Bowl. And it's the best gopher team in six decades. Yeah, and if they go to the Rose Bowl, I'm going to Pasadena, and so are 200,000 other Minnesotans. Taking over Pasadena. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. it it's going to be an outpouring of joy never seen among gopher football fans. Yeah, and I think you're right and, on about the P.J. Fleck thing. And that, by the way, is coming from us. We invented being pre-furious. That we, we did. copyrighted and trademarked the term. Nobody is more pre-furious about shit than the sportive hosts. And if we're right. saying, let's just enjoy this, that means something. So That means if you are pre-furious, you've gone too, fu- you've gone too far. If you're more if, pre-furious if than the sportive hosts, seek help. If it's related to go for football and you're more pre-furious than I am, you are even, you know who else agrees with me here? Dave. Dave agrees with everything I'm saying here. And if you're more pre-furious than both Dave and me, you have got some issues you need to work through before getting back to go for football fandom. Yes. Yes. Work on you. And then start worrying about the Gophers again right. if you're more pre-furious than me. Priority. This is the most pre-furious anyone should be. 
All right, is the go- is the Iowa game on in the morning, afternoon? What what's the schedule? It's a three o'clock game. Oh, I love that. God, that's good. Very exciting. Okay, have you gotten out of your system, John? No, but it's been thirty-one minutes already, and we we there are other topics to cover, and so I, I'll save it. I'll save it for other weeks. We have other prayers that I think seemingly may have been answered, and I want to get to the bottom of it. Another prayer that I believe we've all made. Did you make a prayer? Yeah. Um, prayed. Prayed yeah, is the verb you're looking for here. <laughs> a prayer that we've prayed was, would it be possible for Kirk Cousins to not shit himself on national television for the first time in right. his career? And by God, a day after the Gophers' prayer was answered, this one was as well. And he was actually pretty good, and they beat a pretty good team, and yeah. it was awesome, as the scripture be- told us. And it was good. And just to and just to highlight the weirdness of everything, it was a primetime game against the Dallas goddamn Cowboys, and it was clearly the B story of the weekend. <laughs> and I, 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 I and which is... You know, it's a Vikings town, and the Cowboys, and for a game that was basically determined if the Vikings were actually going to have a chance to, you know, be in the central or, like, play for the, uh, I'm sorry, be on the north uh, title race or fight for a um, wild card spot, they needed to win that game, and it was huge, and it was still the second story. And, but, like, as Brandon was saying, um, Kirk Cousins bailed out Mike Zimmer's defense, as we predicted, all offseason. Yet again, Zimmer's D. Again, it's amazing. I that is the I did not see that coming at all. Anyone who says they saw it coming is lying and stupid. I, I, I also want to say that if there was one dumber person than James Franklin this weekend, it was whoever the Cowboys <laughs> offensive coordinator is. On, it's I think a tw- it's like it's a twelve year old boy. His the name's co- Kellen Moore. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a newspaper. He likes. Hey Governor, hey, you like, like, a, like a paper? Here, here, Shiny here. shoes, Governor. <laughs> Pack of gum. Read all about yeah, it. Local moron calls two running him. plays. <laughs> look him up on the internet. It's Kellen Moore, John. Take a look. Kellen at Moore, He's twelve. All your the um, opponents yeah. were doing was begging you to run, and you did it. Yes. Such an odd move. Because they couldn't, they couldn't, I mean, Amari Cooper was open the entire game. Right. And when he wasn't open, he was still catching the ball. So it didn't, it didn't really matter. And the Cowboys just decided, you know what, we've got a good running back. We're going to try something that hasn't worked all day. And it didn't work again. <laughs> and they had, they had run five passing plays, which had gained a total of 67 yards none of which had been contested or a tip ball or a heave downfield. Just absolutely gashed the Vikings. Second and three, running play, running play, attempted swing pass. Literally the only passing play the Vikings were capable of defending at that point. I mean, not I, even Denny Green would have like said, you know, we I, this Moss guy is great, but we got to get Leroy Horde more involved. Right. <laughs> now is the time. I think... Like the the Vikings scored on a fourth down right before that uh, in the I think it was the fourth quarter where on third yeah. down they handed off to C J Ham just because they got fancy 
Like, it was the equivalent of doing, of sanding out to CJ Hams three times in a row and being like, well, they beat our best guy, the fullback. <laughs> what can what a- you do when they take the fullback dive away? There's nothing you can do. That's just a good football team over there. True or false, Stu, the Vikings are very, very good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, they're very, very good on offense. Okay. Okay. They're okay on defense. Yeah, but I think that was that was at okay least recipe. one too many varies for the Vikings' offense. Too many varies. Okay. I don't know. I just think that their their wins have been they've been in them for almost every single one, or their losses, excuse me, and they've beaten good teams. As you said, their offense is good. Their defense being somewhat shaky is a recipe that works basically every year. That's who wins, right? Like, really good offense and an average mm-hmm. defense will do it for you. Um, I don't know, man. It's They're, they're impressive. I, you, you guys watch a lot more than I do, but Dalvin Cook was just unstoppable. That's, that's, why, that's why the two varies came from, John, is that Delvin Cook is very, very good. My gosh, Delvin and, Cook is unbelievable. The, and that's the offensive, the shaky offensive line can run block. That's, I mean, the thing. And it, it's just... Yeah, it's, I, yeah, he's so good. I, I, you remember Adrian Peterson, who was amazing. He was, like, amazing in bursts. If he got through the line, he would be the most amazing player you ever saw. But Delvin Cook is different than Peterson in that every play I think Delvin Cook is going to lose two yards and he gains six. It's like a magic trick every single running play. He'll yeah. he'll bounce off one guy and break another tackle and suddenly what you thought was going to be the Viking shaky offensive line coming back to bite them instead has become an incredibly good play. I, he honestly seems like a football wizard. Football wizard. Yes, I agree with that. Um, how does their schedule look the rest of the year? Good. Uh, I mean, they're gonna their their toughest toughest game is in two weeks or three weeks. I'm sorry. Right. Don't they play the, uh, of their six remaining games? Don't four of those teams have losing records? Something like that. Yeah, I feel like it's. Yeah, they're only yeah Seattle on the road and Green Bay at home. Other, I think this coming week it's Denver, mm-hmm. who is not not good. The Newman um, Bowl the road game against 
the the road game. Yeah, I know. Mandy and I are actually going to go tailgating. Um, um, let's see. Lions at home. Bears at home. That's three wins. And the Chargers on the road. So, yeah. They, uh, they can, t- I mean, their difficult games are Seattle on the road on a Monday night and Green Bay at home on a Sunday night. So, most That's likely it. scenario right now is 11-5. and five. 11 and 5, but I think um, Green Bay's just, I, they're going to beat Green Bay at home. They will not, Green Bay will not get the calls that they get at Lambeau. And they're a paper tiger anyway. Green Bay sucks. Their fan base sucks. Everything about them sucks. State, food, the beer, all city. Of yeah. Yeah. State. So, awful. governor. F- um, yeah, fuck Politics. Green Bay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the Seattle game. I, I don't see them winning the Seattle game, but I think they'll win. They'll win the other games and go twelve and 4. twelve and four. That might get them a. That yeah, was. I'm, I am bullish. I'm bullish on the Vikings. Well, that was a very matter of fact prediction. What is happening to us? I don't know. I think too much good stuff has happened. You're, you're predicting the Vikings go twelve and four. And legitimately, they still might not win more games than the Gopher football team does this year. Yeah, and I did say that the Gophers will win more than the Vikings this year. That was an actual prediction. Yeah, but you were predicting eight and six for those two numbers. Very correct. So it turns out I was wrong, which is a lot. Well, the Edipsy has world. a lot of like pretty good teams, but no juggernaut. So anything could happen. Anything. Is possible. Anything can anything can happen, Brandon. That's right. That's right. Uh, Stu, mm-hmm. can I ask you what is your tailgating plan? I love to hear about tailgating stories. Um, my uh, cousin Cole and his wife Jenny, um, they painted a ambulance purple, uh-huh, uh-huh. as uh-huh. as one does. <laughs> and and um, Jenny's family has had season tickets for quite a while, so they go down there and tailgate, and uh, they have, I think. Four, I think yeah, they have four season tickets, so like they alternate. They have like a whole group of people, and they alternate who goes in. Um, so we're just gonna go and tailgate with them, and like eat cased meats and drink some beers and watch the game with them because uh, my wife is a Broncos fan, and this is a uh, Vikings Broncos game. Yeah, that'll be good. So, so it'll be the fun. best thing to do if you're not a, a the tailgater, like a. a a professional is to go with professional tailgaters because they know what they're doing. They've got a yes. setup. Oh it's, yeah, it's old hat for those guys. You just get to show up and, and eat the meats. Yeah, they're they're set up. I want to say by seven o'clock. Oh my god, they leave and of course they come. They're they're coming in from Renville County, so they're leaving Renville about five five thirty. Up. Yep, a haul in the ambulance, the ambulance, and I assume some sort of um, meat purveyance device and. uh yeah, so I mean, we they you know they do it up you know like sort of a I've 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 never done it before so I'm kind of interested to see how they do this. Um, again, it's a purple ambulance. I think it sort of sells itself. Do they have a name for it? So Typically, gonna, there's got to be a funny pun there, right? Like the CJ ambulance or something. Ooh, that's really good. I'll, I'll pitch that to him. You're an ideas man, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, I, there's usually it's like like getting your a boat or something. You usually have a name for it, so I'll I'll be curious to know if they are yeah. have a pre-existing name. Well, I'm very jealous, man, and it's going to be a pretty decent weather, right? Mid 30s, that that'll do. It's it, play. well, I mean, yeah, it, it it's just 
compared to today, it'll be like Palm Beach. Man. It was five degrees today when I woke up. Five. Yeah. Ugh. It was not great. I did not like this. I still don't like it. No. It's... And it's going to snow, I guess, tomorrow, um, right before the commute starts. And I'm not driving in from St. Cloud, guys. So it's pretty much... You're on the choo-choo. Everything's, everything's coming up stew. I just want to kind of wait and, waiting for that other shoe to drop. I don't know what it's going to be. I assume it'll be a massive stroke while the Vikings are about to beat the Packers or something. But you know, That sounds right. I had a good run when you think about it. Yeah, totally. You really did it. I'm proud of you. Yeah, when do you think it? How long do you think it's going to be until you are not every time that there's you know okay weather that you're not thinking about that St. Cloud commute? It's going to be years, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I just I get just weird, like you know, the back of my neck gets like a burning. That might be the stroke, actually. Now that I think about it, but yeah, one side um, of you goes numb. Yeah, you're having a stroke. it's like yeah, making sure you know, get all, getting all my apps, get, getting like the you know the MinDot app on my phone, getting the TV pulled up to see what the you know the weather dork and the traffic dork are saying, and it's just man, it's it's so great not having to really concern myself with that. It's but yeah, it's I still have oh yeah, there's still PTSD from that, and that's not going away anytime soon. I just it's it's a part of it you. was top of mind for so so many so many years. Okay, so another prayer has been answered. Yeah. You live in the city. Okay, um, let me see. What else do I have here that I thought that may be... Oh, here's another one. Um, regarding the Minnesota Timberwolves. Our Minnesota Timberwolves. Our Minnesota Timberwolves. John, I w- thought I'd throw this one over to you. Just a real quick question here. Is Andrew Wiggins Kobe now? <laughs> uh no. <laughs> okay, mo- okay, fine. It's it's a real redemption tour for Andrew Wiggins given that everyone is genuinely excited when he pulls down 5 rebounds in a game and looks like he's watching who has the ball on defense. These are low bars to clear. He was but- terrible for 5 full seasons. He has now had 6 good games in a row. And I just asked if he was the new Kobe Bryant. And everybody is ready to anoint him as totally the savior of the franchise. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think it's underrated how simple the fix for what ailed Andrew Wiggins turned out to be. Basically what happened is Ryan Saunders finally said to Wiggins, all right, here's what's going to happen. You're going to shoot three-pointers? Or you're going to use your speed to get the ball to the rim, and you're going to try to finish at the rim. And if you take lazy-ass mid-range jump shots, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull out a comically large striped cane, and I'm going to reach it onto the floor, and I'm going to yank you off the floor, and you're going to rot on the end of the bench. That's what's going to happen. That's what did happen in one of the games. And somehow that seems to be what finally has gotten through to him, because now he's just bursting to the rim and... Finishing at the rim and shooting threes instead of shooting 22-foot twos. And it's a sight to behold. Yeah, and the other thing is if you aren't open for a three and you try to get to the rim and you can't, you can just pass the ball. Yeah, to somebody who's open. do something with it. And he's like, whoa, 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 don't I just shoot it from here? No, (laughs) No, no, no. you're 21 feet away from the basket. 
Just pass it. You, if you keep going to the rim and there's like four guys there, uh, there's probably somebody who's standing around open. You should probably pass the ball to that guy. Somehow, Somehow it's always Jake Lehman in the corner, but it's always Jake Lehman. That's the rule. It's a <laughs> the one problem with this is that the Gophers, or the Gophers, the Timberwolves have nobody who can chew right now. No, that's, that's uh, another hill to overcome. Yeah, you know, I think there's also something uh, that's making people like me more excited in that the solution is that's been working for him has been what we have been screaming about repeatedly <laughs> for a million right. years. So not only is it more fun to watch him play well and for the actual results to show up and that they're winning, but it also makes us all seem very smart. Yeah, you must feel a very strong sense of ownership for this. Yes. Yep. Part I I partly had something to do with it. I was on the internet a long time ago talking about it. Ryan Saunders is a young man probably reading some similar words. It sunk in. Not from me directly, but no, it was partly yeah. me. But you were part of the group. Yeah, I was there. I was kind of around, and I believed it, and I retweeted some stuff. So, yeah, you're right, John. I I have another Timberwolves question for you, Brandon. Please. Is Travion Graham, does he have the highest effort-to-actual talent ratio of any Timberwolves since Mark Madsen? Boy, it's got to be up there. I honestly watched the first game of the season and had never heard of him at all. <laughs> I, I think like, we wait, we what? did sort of a Timberwolves preview on this podcast, and we mentioned yes. a lot of Timberwolves, so many that Not Stu him. couldn't even name them all, and we never once mentioned Travion Graham, who I think has started every single game of the season. Yeah, no idea. I don't know where he came from. Seven. You could tell me he's 19 or 37. I would believe right. both of them. <laughs> He might be Thurl Bailey. They might be the same guy. Yeah, could be Thurl Bailey's kid or the OG Thurl Bailey. I don't know. None <laughs> of us knows. He tries so hard and he gives so much effort and he has so little basketball talent to go with it. Yeah, he's going to score six points on like three putbacks. And that's it. Right. That's all he's got. <laughs> He'll miss six other put putbacks and break one backboard every game. Yeah. He'll just he, feel, start... he feels like he played seven years at a Big Ten school. <laughs> yeah. He feels very, very Purdue-y. If he's, he's, yeah. Purdue he's, if he's not related Bob to Brian Cardinal. <laughs> Bob Hummel. <laughs> 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 Solid pull. Solid pull, Brandon. Oh, man. It's been a while since we've uh, to pull all the old Bob. All the old Purdue. Yeah. I just went with the standby Brian Cardinal, but Bob Hummel is a better pull. Yeah. Better comparison. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really fun to watch. It's since Towns got here, however many years ago, we have just been desperate for like another guy who's competent. Doesn't need to be amazing. Just a good second second fiddle. Is that what they call them? Yes. Sure. Um, gotta have a second fiddle. And yep. uh, don't count your fiddles before they're hatched. No, don't. Yeah. Um, and somehow it's been him so far. It's just been, and again, like, not only has he just been really good, it's also when you've got a good wing that can score and do everything else, they're, they're just the most fun guys to watch. Right. You know, because they're ball handling a lot. They're doing kind of everything. They're around. 
Um, to me, I just think there's nobody more fun to watch in basketball. Uh, of course, a center, that's important, but no one's ever like, man, I love watching me some Dwight Howard. <laughs> love, love some post play. I yeah. love a good... Literally no one has ever said that. Right, and even like Embiid, who's incredible. Uh, I don't know if a whole lot of people, you know, offensively at least, are super into watching a really good post play. Tim Duncan, same deal. Um, and you know, I, I mean, did I, used I, to. I, en- I did used to really enjoy Al Jefferson pulling out the Kevin McHale post moves. Yeah, sure, old school. And I yeah. think there's also like sharpshooter guys for uh, like shooters, Clay and Steph, and a bunch of other. Like they're good. They're very fun, but it's just kind of like kind of repetitive whereas like the most fun dudes to me are like really ball handling heavy wings um so that part has also been really fun to watch it's just it's just fun to to watch him play so who knows again it's november 12 2019 it most likely is going to be over very soon but again let's not get pre-furious about it can you construct a plausible trade scenario for me in which the Timberwolves trade for D'Angelo Russell. And failing that, can you do the same thing but with Ricky Rubio? Oh, I think they're both probably gettable. D'Angelo is going to ne- you need to probably give up Covington and like Culver and a pick or something like that or Okogie and a pick. That's, that's probably fine with me. Somewhere in after that. watching After watching Russell and for actual kids' birthday party clowns <laughs> nearly beat the Timberwolves the other night. Russell just absolutely rained the entire fourth quarter. I don't think any other Golden State Warrior player took a shot the entire fourth quarter, and everyone in the entire arena knew exactly what was going to happen, and they still couldn't stop Russell, partially because Carl Anthony Towns was unwilling to move his feet at all. But it was an interesting because Russell is to amazing. just not guard the one guy who's actually in the pros. <laughs> Every time they came down the floor, like just somebody the, would set a pick on... Poor, <laughs> poor Josh Okoge, every time, would get picked and would try to fight through it. And on the other side would be Carl Anthony Towns just standing there watching D'Angelo Russell do stuff. Yeah, it's like, dude, like, I know you guys are buddies, just, but... A little yeah, resistance. hop out there, tackle him, anything, double team him, do something, yeah, guard I mean, someone else, switch. I mean, I, human I think shield. What they were probably planning was let's just make this a really good experience for D'Angelo because we want him to come. <laughs> right, we want yeah. him to just think of Minnesota and be happy. I did. I did genuinely enjoy. Someone asked him about coming to Minnesota. I, I genuinely enjoyed how truthful he was, which was, Minnesota's way too cold. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, it sucks there. Yeah. In the way, you know, I can you know the basketball season's live, in right? the winter, right? Yeah. yeah. I can I could go anywhere. I went to California because it's better. Yeah. There's that's really a real no thing, Dan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I can't really yeah. say he's wrong. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. shitty. Yeah, you're, you're correct about that. It's four. Can we come <laughs> with you? But we still hope. It's four. It's we four can still hope. Right now. Four. It's four. <laughs> Thanksgiving is two weeks away. It's four outside. Yeah. Four. Barely Halloween. Four degrees. Oh, man. So I'm just going to enjoy this as a, while it lasts. Again, I'm not going to be... Is it Charlie Brown, the idiot? 
and Lucy's yeah, the. It's it's. It, I'm not going to be Charlie Brown in this though. scenario. I mean, whatever. Because he's been such a disappointment. It's been fun. It's been so fun. And yeah, that he's actually seemed to at least appears to look like maybe kind of hopefully turned a corner. I put a lot of conditionals in front of turn a corner right. there. Um, it's encouraging to say the least. And I think if we want to continue the positivity train. Your Minnesota Wild have won two of their last three hockey match games <laughs> on the road in OS. <laughs> they have won two. They've won matches. two of their last seven games. Well, also that, but I stopped. Well, if you say it that yeah. way, it sounds bad. But I'm trying to try to keep up the positivity, John. What other it's positive It's hard to keep way, up the positivity John, when we're you, talking about the Minnesota Wild. If you want to be positive about it, couldn't you possibly say maybe they're finally going to be bad enough for it to be helpful for the future? Um, Damn it. The positive thing you can say about the Wild is that they've been bad on the road so far this year, and 20 out of their first 30 games are on the road. But after that... They've got more home games than road games. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a reason we had saved they this were, for an hour in. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were bad at they were bad at home last year, so that doesn't help anything. But no, your point started out pretty bad, and then it just somehow got worse. It didn't get any better, did it? No, no, we're not we're not doing better. Let's go back to this tanking thing. Is that possible? Can we make that happen? Well. The hard, uh, the hard thing about the Wild is that they've always been not good enough to really have a chance come playoff time, but far too good to actually get a good draft pick. They haven't. I, I think I have the stat right. They haven't picked in the top five of the draft since two thousand five. They swung and missed on that pick too, so it wasn't like things were good then, but. They they just they've never bottomed out. They've never had a chance to get that sort of franchise changing player. So, on um, in some ways, there's a lot of people who feel like bottoming out for a year or two wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the Wild. What about what would the Wild the, season? I, I suppose the issue with that. The Wild season ticket office would never I just, agree I, with that. Uh, do you have any idea? Are they still I, selling out, John? Uh, they they missed a couple sellouts earlier this year, wow. which ended a three or four year yeah, streak. That's I think the that's the canary in the coal mine. Is if people finally stop showing up to wild games, that that guy yeah. just the the I mean you hear ultimately the, echoes of the reason Green will be heard loud and clear. The reason that Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter are on this team in the first place is that. The, the year before they they came to Minnesota, before they were both signed to lifetime contracts, the the Wild pretty much quit selling out the arena and people stopped caring. And the owner felt like he needed to make a big splash to get people interested in the team again because they had gotten sort of to the point they're at now where it seemed like they weren't bad enough to be terrible, but they were too good, or, or they weren't good enough to, to do anything, but they were too good to bottom out. And so people had just sort of gotten apathetic about them. And I think that's what you're seeing now, and I think that's what you'll probably see for the remainder of this year is they're they're just sort of apathy inducing. They don't have they don't have young players that people are really looking forward to. They have they have likable players on the team. 
they have guys that'll be here for a while, whether it's Matt Dumber, Jason Zucker, Jared Spurgeon, but there's nobody that there's there's nobody on the team that's really the guy that every eight year old wants his jersey. There's no Connor McDavid, there's no Austin Matthews or Patrick Line or whoever whoever you're looking for. There there's no superstar on this team and there won't be unless they bottom out. But I'm not I I'm not sure they're capable of bottoming out to that level. <sighs> well, well we tried. At least we got talking about the wild got us back to normal. Right. The wilder the great leveler. Can't win them all. Usually it's the Timberwolves, but this year it's the wild. Yeah. Yeah. Times are weird. Uh, John, did you want to do a tight five on uh, Little Dad Life? I'll, I I always want to talk about Dad Life because it's I have a three year old now, so it's the only thing that keeps me sane. Oh, well, not the three year old. Talking about the three year old. N- yeah, no one should ever be three. No, it'd be great if you could skip that age. It's the worst age. There's no no way around it, as far as I'm concerned. At two years old, they're not as picky. At four years old, they start to understand consequences. Three years old, both those things are huge issues, and the combination is just the worst human beings. I'm sorry your, to tell you, John. Do Did either of your kids have the the kid personality type where they just wake up ready for a fight all the time? Like they'll fight you on every single thing? Just because they seem to enjoy fighting. Yeah, I think we had to stop that pretty quickly of like, all right, fine. If you want to wear your uh, pajamas to school, I don't even care anymore. Fine. You're wearing your pajamas. You know, you have to just like pick your battles. Well, I, <laughs> it's not even so much picking your battles. It's just that she's willing to battle me on every single thing. Even things that made sense yesterday no longer seem to make sense to her today, and she'll fight me to the death on them. Yeah, I, yes, John. All I can tell that, you is that happened to you. How did thing. you get through that, Brandon? Um, tell me your secrets. You're still alive. A lot of drinking. Your children are past that age now. <laughs> a lot of drinking. I got to tell you, this is a shout out to Stu. But we had friends who came over for dinner tonight, and. You know that they're the best friends because they brought over a couple of bottles oh. of darkness. Man, that's sure good is. this year. Stu, that, I, I assume you were personally responsible for all of that, and I just want to say thank, thank you. you. Good brewing. From the bottom of my... Good job. You know, I don't know exactly how I got through those years. I know that I was incredibly frustrated and sad. I tried to do a lot of bribing... Or maybe not so much bribing, but like getting Jones in particular was a really tough three-year-old. But like to ask him like what's his favorite thing, um, and if it was having dessert or going out to a restaurant or whatever, and like trying to bribe him of like if you do this thing today, we can go do that later. Because anything that's like further out than like the next few minutes or that day or whatever, it's useless. Right. Like hey, if you're a good kid all week. Then on Saturday we'll go get you a toy at Target. You might as well. That that's all Greek to them. They don't have any concept of this week and Saturday, and so we tried to do that and that didn't work. It had to be very near term rewards for them, and to try to teach them for a little bit of good behavior. Um, but it was a lot of trial and error. 
sometimes that worked. Other times it didn't at all, and that actually whatever we gave them for a for a reward or a treat or a snack or whatever was worse. Um, so it was just it just really was trying on my patience for a while there. When they start to learn consequences, that is when everything gets better. When you start to tell them, if you do that again, I'm taking your this away from you. You know, for a while, they just don't understand what that even means. I mean, I, I probably right. told the story here a bunch of times, but I legitimately was... Um, Jones had some sort of weird um, infection, and his neck had, like, this sort of really swollen bump, and he had to take medicine. And he just was like, I don't want to do it. Um, and it was... There's never been anything harder than we've had to deal with as parents than trying to get him to take this medicine. Like, holding him down and putting medicine in his mouth and having him spit it back in my face as i'm like pinning him like a wrestler was terrible um and it wasn't even that bad tasting he just didn't really want to do it and he was very stubborn and i remember saying well then i'm gonna throw your toys away i'm gonna throw a toy away for every second you don't pick that drink up that medicine and drink it and he watched me as i put all of his toys into a garbage bag and walked outside, and he just stared at me. And was like, yeah, don't, I don't care. <laughs> and so, of course, I, like, a few seconds later, sheepishly walked back in with all the toys. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess we got to try something different. That didn't work at all. They call your bluff. I've said it before, yeah. but, like, dealing with a three-year-old is like negotiating with a terrorist. Like, it just, right. they are little terrorists. They don't care. They will take the ship down with them. Um... And so just, like, trying to get them out of that headspace as much as possible and just picking your battles is one thing. But as you said, like, they're just going to be picking weird battles all the time, and uh, you can't just let them win everything. Um, I don't know. I I just remember spending so much time trying to think about, like, behavior reward, behavior reward, you know, getting really specific with that. And it still didn't work, though. I I don't know. Just, Just get through the day. Just take it day by day. You'll get there. Drinking. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, drinking. Um, and I will I say like, it might be better. I feel like. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I I think I mentioned this on a number of podcasts so far, but I feel like I talk about just the experience of doing a podcast with you and talking about dad life over the past however long we've been doing this because you've, you you had Jones and you were very positive about parenting and then you had two kids plus your kids were in that three-year-old age, that two, three, even four-year-old age. And it veered very wildly from Brandon says that having kids was the best thing that ever happened to him down to I would mention that to you and you would be like, no, hell no. Why would I say that? Having kids is the worst thing that ever happened in my whole entire life. Yeah. And now you've come out of that trough and you're like, man, my kids are awesome. I genuinely like spending time with them. Right. And that's encouraging because I feel like I'm experiencing the, the, the downside of that trough. If you see what I mean? Yes. To know that, to know that there's an uphill that comes after the downhill is an important thing. I think about a lot. Yeah. And you know, there is, Lots of bad days still, for sure. They're uh, eight and five. Right. Um, 
And I remember when they were four and one or three and a baby or whatever, and I was like, oh boy, eight and five, that's going to be a good one. That's when it starts to get good. And that's true, but it doesn't necessarily mean that every day is good. It's just that they're right. the long, drawn-out battles. And again, like I probably have told the story before, but there's only one age at three years old is the one when they say, I want a Popsicle, and you give them an orange Popsicle, and they say, well, I want a red Popsicle. And you go, look, and you you don't have any red popsicles. You have the orange one. The orange is still pretty good. And only three-year-olds will take and like throw the popsicle at you. Right. Because they can't imagine not getting the specific red one. A two-year-old's like, fuck it, whatever. And a four-year-old is like, it's still a popsicle. Okay, this sucks, but I'll yeah, eat it. Popsicles are good. Yeah. There's just what, and it's just, I, I've never really been able to fully understand like what specifically it is, but I do think it's something about like they're first forming their opinions. I wanted a red popsicle and they don't understand why they can't have it and why, you know, the, the second best thing is still a pretty good option. It's incredible. I mean, it really is just like, it's a hard thing to really like totally get if you don't have one in the house every day. Um, I will say Fitz was also a huge brat at that age, but it was a little bit better because we could, he looked up to his brother. Um, right. And so if we could bribe Jones to be like, no, dude, dude, tell him orange popsicles are, are the best. Uh, Jones would get it and could kind of help us out a little bit. So it, hopefully you have a similar scenario where the younger one is is a little bit easier. Uh, but again, who the hell knows? It's, I'm a focus group of right. one here. Right, and Stu is just watching old episodes of Night Court now, and not even. No, he, he's yeah. so yeah, he's far like, yeah, gone from this period. He just started nice. watching. Whereas Stu's like, whatever. You have out. kids. Oh really man, that is that is a very good show. Speaking of shows, I just I, I, I want to ask if either of you guys watched Letter Kenny. Oh man, I have. Rarely has a show driven me to tears of laughter. John, you have a, a list a mile long of shows we've told you oh, to yeah. watch. Did you just it's got, bump it has Letter a hockey Kenny element, Brandon? Come above on. Well, somebody, Dad? of course, he's going to watch that. Somebody should. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's about small towns in Canada. I'm sorry, rescinded. So complaint rescinded. It's about. It's like it's about my childhood. Basically, <laughs> is what's happening here. So it's that. It's funny, huh? I I honestly have watched one episode, but it's the best. It just was amazing. Oh man! From beginning to end, it was amazing. All right. And I don't have a soccer column now this winter, so I guess I love television now. Oh boy! I really want to keep make sure that this is an update every time that we have a. Po- well, we'll probably do what one or two more until the spring. Yeah, I think by April, by April we'll be on episode two hundred eighty-five or whatever. I think we're on 281 now. We should call this the sportive quarterly, just to set expectations, right? <laughs> SQ. Yep. Uh, hey, but like I say, I got a lot of time on my hands, so hey, here we go. I want you to continue telling me what you're Nothing but podcasts. That's, yeah, that's interesting to me. Nothing but podcasts and television. I guess what I'm saying is I want to be God, stupid. I'm sorry about that, man. Don't we all? I'm just going to participate in 11 podcasts and watch 92 television shows. And take the choo-choo. Uh, and take the choo-choo. You the choo-choo the will save my life. I love the big city feels. Yeah, just have a bag of groceries with do, 12 loaves really of French bread sticking I mean, out the yeah, top. Since there's a grocery store in the bo- in the, at the, the first floor of my building, 
you can get like, even kinds of baguettes for whatever bag you have. So it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> exactly. Yep. They'll match your bag with a baguette. Yep. That's the big city grocery store promise. That's the dream. No, I'm Minneapolis. <laughs> Minneapolis doesn't speak for the rest I'm of the very states. I'm well aware too. of that. Ah, <laughs> oh, morons. Well, what do you think? Should we call it? <sighs> I hope that the next time we record a podcast, we're as happy as we are during this one. Yeah, or at least if we're not, we can we can at least look back on this time and not go, what fucking idiots we were to think times were going to be okay once in a while. I'm not... That's... Not to belabor this point, but that's the thing about right now and being a Vikings fan or especially being a Gopher football fan. It's not even about hope. It's about what happened right now. Mm-hmm. It's not hope for the future. No, of course not. It's I'm experiencing this right now. I'm not hoping to experience it later. This is happening now. That's the key. Let go of hope. <laughs> right. I don't need hope right now. I have the present. Wow, that's that wow, that's a success. That's good. We got there. Oh, so good. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hope. Is that what the song is called, Stu? It is a good one. Oh man, that's a good one. (laughs) I love it. Okay, well, let's uh, let's call it a day. It is our time. Yep. Okay. Well, row the boat, go Gophers. Skyima, goodbye. 